Welcome to Insights, an Amplify original series giving you insights on cultural myths, employee engagement, and why it all matters. There is the alignment of engagement to talent management to business performance. For some reason, CEOs aren't making that connection and saying to their teams, we need to make the big changes because really when we talk to CEOs and executive teams, we're asking the question or we're saying, "Can you, are the way you're doing business today, is that the way that you want to do business tomorrow? That was Bobby Schreiner from Progression Partners. One of the buzzwords she knows isn't going away is talent war. As Santiago shared last week, the war on talent is over and the talent has won. But that doesn't mean we stop fighting. There's still more work to do. But from Bobby's perspective, companies have been too slow in making the necessary changes. So this talent uh, crisis is, uh, we've been talking about it for 10 years, and uh, I'm concerned that people aren't making the change or looking to the change that needs to be made, and their business will suffer, and it's already suffering. Uh, the, The talent war is here, and that also you know, is another buzzword that we have uh, from the conference, but also within Progression Partners. And that is, um, you know, once you have talent and you want to keep them, why is there a lack of uh, transparency in conversations and a lack of creating awareness that can lead to development? And so, again, when we take a look at the data and we see the stats that, you know, share that, you know, we really need to be paying attention to this, we find that it might be the baby steps that we'll get from executive teams, but it's not the big change that needs to happen. What are the baby steps being taken? They range from doing one-on-ones to running more efficient team meetings. But what's the formula, if you will, or or the right process for winning the war on talent? It starts with understanding employee engagement. So you can think about the easiest way to remember the definition of employee engagement. According to industrial organizational psychologists, we've kind of un- made it a little bit less academic. Uh, but this is, this is what industrial organizational psychologists say employee engagement. The easiest way to remember it is head, heart, and hands. Head, heart, and hands. It's an employee's intellectual connection their emotional connection, I know we don't feel with our hearts, but you get what I'm saying? Intellectual and emotional connection that causes us to strive after the organization's vision and mission with our hands, with vigor, with energy, with commitment, with perseverance. This is what employee engagement is. It is a fantastic, dare I say, magical condition. You ever been in a place where you've been really, really engaged? You show up on Monday and you're ready to go. You're like, put me in, coach. I love what we're doing, like, what are we doing? Put me in, I wanna contribute, I wanna put my full heart and mind into this. It's an amazing thing, it brings the best out of us. We go home and instead of being drained, we're actually energized and we're excited to spend time with our loved ones. Conversely, you ever been disengaged? Really, really disengaged, maybe close to burnout? Head, heart, and hands. Sounds great, right? We all want to feel excited to show up to work each day, to love Mondays. So how do our managers help us with this? It has to be more than just doing a one-on-one, right? Let's bring Bobby back in. Over 50% of initiatives fail 
leaders are not doing well implementing their business initiatives or their goals. So over 50% catches our attention. So we we say, hmm, why is that? Well, let's let's just look at your one-on-ones. So simple question, are you having one-on-ones? Oh, I get, Bobby, we are so busy. I can't get those on the calendar. Oh, okay. So how are you talking with your team and your direct reports or even your supervisor leader? And so the first thing we ask is make it 15 minutes, put it on the calendar, and you have to do it at least two to three times a month. So when we get that little baby step, Nicole, then we say, okay, now how do you structure your one-on-ones? It is so easy to go into a punch list of, I just need you to answer these questions and that's all I need today. Hmm, No, we're going to ask you to base it on a SWOT or a structured agenda. And let's always like in the SWOT, the S is the strengths. Start with the positives. What's going really well? What what is um, something that you can share as a success or a celebration? Again, just a baby step. If we start with the positive, then we will get positive, right? So that's the law of the universe. Positives like to attract positives. So start with that. And what happens is that people start complimenting each other, giving uh, pats on the back, high fives. And so when you go to that second one in that one-on-one, that challenge or that we don't like the word weakness, but the challenges you look at it from a very different perspective and it becomes a much more positive experience than going through a punch list and I just need answers from you, Mr. Boss. So what people now start to do is, well, I have these challenges, but I have some recommendations. That's what we want to get to. We want you to get your direct reports to make recommendations to those challenges because now we're helping people engage in the solution and they are more productive and they're motivated to work. And so, you know, as you know, very much from your business, that's the formula for engagement. And we find then we can go to the opportunities in the SWAT. And those are the opportunities to coach. And that's a beautiful thing because now, because we're having transparent conversations, you both the supervisor and the uh, direct report or team member can have a transparent conversation and that creates awareness. And as we create awareness, we are much more open to development. And that's what we base all of our coaching models on and our development. If we can create those transparent moments, that will create awareness, which creates the platform for development. And therefore, in the SWAT, when you get to the threats or the red flags, those diminish greatly over time. And eventually, you may not have any of those. But that's, the, that's one toolkit. That's a baby step that has really helped a lot of our people. And we talk to every one of our candidates about how that's happening. So also... And this is just another little baby step is we ask the question, so how are those career conversations going with your direct reports or even with with your supervisor? We always get this answer. Bobby, there is no reason to have a career conversation. There is no promotion. There's no there's no ladder. Oh, we, we lean back and we go, oh, yes, there's always a reason to have a career conversation 
Because as we look at the many generations that are in the workplace, this little tool, the career conversation, is the one that also helps with engagement. And that is, where, what do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to be? What do you, what do you want to do? And many times it may not be a promotion or a new title or a new role. It will be development. Develop me. Grow me. Help me learn. That's where the career conversation blossoms. And as we are having those conversations, then you find you know, what, what people want to do. And they will say, wow, my supervisor, my boss is really listening to me. And wow, I'm going to be able to take advantage of some development and they're going to grow me. And thus, I now am empowered and productive and I'm engaged. Simple tool and it's free. The one-on-one becomes the vehicle for building engaged employees through transparent and intentional conversation. They have to be intentional, they have to be purposeful, and they have to be thoughtful. One thing I want you to note is that your direct reports want to hear from you. They want you to spend time helping them grow and develop. The only way we can connect head, heart, and hands is to understand our people. How can you encourage engagement if you don't know how they emotionally and intellectually connect with your organization? What are they motivated by? I love Santi's analogy of an engaged employee's mindset. It's the put me in, coach. They are ready and willing to play, and they want to put in the work because they are excited to be part of the team. So how can that mindset play into your one-on-ones? We simply ask for during those one-on-ones to take an opportunity to coach. And if we coach every week and have that discussion on how we can get better, or what would be another way to approach things, or, hey, I just want to take a minute and give you a little feedback. The perception is this, and I know you probably didn't mean that. These are such intentional moments that people say, thank you. Thank you for that feedback. And guess what? If we have those coaching conversations all throughout the year, you don't have to have an end-of-year conversation You can have it, but it's all there. It's all intentional. And now the employee takes a step forward and says, now, since we've talked, I have been working on this. How do you see? Have I improved? They want feedback. Now they're asking for it. All of this is great. Really, really great. But what happens if an employee is feeling disengaged? Is that solely the responsibility of the manager to fire them back up? Or what if they're disengaged but satisfied in their role and with their job? We've started to define and understand employee engagement in more detail. But before we go any further, what is employee satisfaction? How many of you know that you have direct reports who are satisfied but not engaged? If you're satisfied, you're leaning back, you're getting paid well, you're not trying very hard, you're comfortable, status quo is okay, you're probably on Facebook half the time or Snapchat or whatever, probably running two businesses from the side because you're getting just paid really well, good benefits for not doing much and you just couldn't care less. You're doing the bare minimum to get a paycheck and that's it. You're there for that paycheck and that's it. How productive, how impactful, how innovative, how great of customer experiences do those folks deliver? Now, contrast that to engagement, leaning in, somebody who's saying, 
my full heart and mind are in this, I believe in our mission and our vision, how can I go above and beyond to accomplish our purpose as an organization? How can I contribute? How can I do more? It's a completely different situation, right? Mark, Mark was talking about this. Back in the day in those early campaigns, there was nobody trying to figure out how do we make you comfortable? How do we make you happy? How do we put kind of like uh, pillows over sharp corners so that you don't get hurt or you're feeling? No, it wasn't about that. It was about the mission is so powerful and we're all chasing after it. And it wasn't about the satisfaction. And, and, and so here, here's an interesting, um, uh, Gallup and Bain did a study comparing the productivity of engaged versus satisfied employees. And, and they just put this matter to bed. Uh, engaged staff is 44% more productive than satisfied staff. So if what we care about is business performance and getting optimal productivity from our workforces, then we should be focused on engagement. How do we engage folks and not satisfaction, not, not satisfied? It's harder, by the way to figure out engagement and satisfaction. But also I believe that engagement is better for the individual. When I look at my life and in my experience, I have never grown when I've been satisfied and not engaged. When I'm leaning back and I'm comfortable and I have a cushy job that's paying me well, or in a comfortable situation where the status quo is okay and I'm not pushing myself, I've never grown. I haven't become a better version of myself. In fact, I get bored and I just do stupid stuff, right? Become a worse version of myself when I've been engaged, when I'm chasing after something meaningful and it's stretching and it requires me to build new capabilities and new ways of seeing the world, with that adversity, that's where growth happens. That's where we become better versions of ourselves. That's where we unlock our potential. And so engagement is not only better for companies, it's also better for the individual. And a lot of times we think that our job is to make people happier and more comfortable, and that is not what people need. They need to stretch, to challenge, to pursue something meaningful, and in that adversity, unlock more of their potential and become a truer version of themselves. And on that note, we'll pause here. Our goal as leaders isn't to provide satisfaction to our employees. It's to help them unlock their own potential. One-on-ones are a baby step in that direction, but our responsibility goes beyond a fly-by meeting. To repeat Bobby, it's about being intentional and transparent. The buzzwords aren't going away, but only in understanding them can we begin to increase productivity, impact lives, and reach goals. Next week, we'll dig into the buzzword employee wellness. That should be fun.